Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Hi, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on, lots to get to. Appreciate you taking the time. We've got another great interview for you about it this hour. Martha Burnett, did you watch As the World Turns, Carrie? Yes, she was. She played Lily. And I saw your promo. I thought, boy, that name sounds so familiar. She is from the soap I, opera. I, yeah. I did not watch As the World Turns, although back in the 90s, we used to binge watch Days of Our Lives. Mm-hmm. We would um, we would do it on VCR. We didn't have all this DVR stuff that we have now. And sometimes you'd see some of that. So definitely she's recognizable. Do you know this story with her husband? No, that I, d- I had no clue about that. Yeah, he was an NYPD cop. He was on these elite units, and then he got injured on the job, ended up becoming a private investigator. And out of the blue, in 2020, there was a knock on the door at 6 a.m., and the FBI is there to arrest him. Okay. Not even soap opera stuff. They Like, like really, they showed up, just they arrested the guy. And it turns out they charged him with a FARA violation, which we've heard about from Manafort and others. And we'll get into it. I've got, I've got her on. She was named Lily on the show? Lily, yes, that was Lily, I believe. No, she's so. still on the show? Oh, I haven't watched in years, but growing up, yeah, I watched it all the so, time. So now I've got your, so maybe you'll listen to one of my interviews. Don't I always? Mm, no. I'm going to give a big fat <laughs> no to that one. So I have her okay. on at the bottom of the hour. It's quite the harrowing tale, uh, what's Sounds happening like. with her husband and her family. We'll talk about um, exactly what's going on with that. And uh, a very interesting story. It really is. Um, and uh, I, find her, I found her to be a very, very nice lady, and I had not talked to her before. And I'm glad to have you here on a Friday. Free Speech Friday. Let's go. Uh huh. That is Carrie Lockie, Shock the Voice. Follow in the house. Glad to have him back. Sam making it happen. I'm your talk monkey, Joe Pags. Yeah, it's an interesting story. I. I knew the face. I didn't really understand the name of it, but I got the pitch, and I'm like, yeah, "This would be pretty cool." I mean, she's a she's like won three Emmy awards. She's a very good actress, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't that familiar. And um, it, when when you hear the story, I'm like, "You're, you're making it up, right?" But it's one of those it, things. Like lately, we we've heard about Roger Stone got six a.m. They barged in. Uh, James O'Keefe uh, from Project Veritas six a.m. They barged in, and I guess with with them now they barged in at six a.m. What are you gonna say? Is this something that's still going on, or this has already yes. been resolved? Oh, still wow. going on. Okay, I had no the next idea. court appearance is in June, and then the actual case looks like it'll be next January of twenty-three. Wow. Okay. And she, to this day, says that she doesn't know why he was arrested, and he has no clue what the hell they're talking about. So, um, it's very, very Amazing. interesting. It's one of those like like mysteries that you're wondering, how did we get here? It's so so very odd. Mm. Uh, the entire thing. So we'll have her on at the bottom of the hour. Make sure you stick around for that. It's a good long interview to where uh, we, we find out some answers. Now, you've got a couple of stories that make my face hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, one Don't of them is about middle saying. school. Yeah. You're in trouble. It's another thing where you're being accused of sexual harassment <sighs> when clearly there's no sexual harassment happening. Fill me in. From the Blaze, Wisconsin School District has accused a trio of eighth grade boys of sexual harassment for using incorrect pronouns while addressing another student. 
Kiel Area School District filed a Title IX complaint against the three Kiel Middle School students and launched an investigation. WLUK-TV reported Rosemary Rabideau, one of the parents of the accused students, told WLUK she couldn't believe it when she found out. I immediately went into shock. I'm thinking sexual harassment, that's rape, that's inappropriate touching, that's incest, she recalled to the station. What has my son done? As she added to WLUK, her 13-year-old son Braden's being allegedly charged with sexual harassment for not using proper pronouns. I thought it wasn't real. I thought this has to be a gag, a joke. One has nothing to do with the other. Uh, the district claimed the boys were not referring to the students' requested pronouns of they and them, WBAY-TV reported. The Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, which is now defending the accused students, told WLUK the student made the preferred pronouns announcement in March. However, an improper pronoun pronoun use incident allegedly occurred in April, WLUK said. She had been screaming at one of Braden's friends to use proper pronouns, calling him profanity, and this friend's very soft-spoken and kind of just sunk down into his chair, Rabideau told WLUK. Braden finally came up defending him, saying he does not have to use proper pronouns. It's his constitutional right to not use them. You can't make him say things. When the WLUK reporter suggested some might say such a reaction indicates Rabideau and her son are anti-LGBTQ, not at all, not at all, Rabideau replied. The station's reporter, my children have been raised to love everybody equally. Uh, This actually goes back to why we know who Jordan Peterson is. Jordan Peterson was a professor at a university, and I think they just say at university in Canada. And he was told, well, he heard that the government of Canada was requiring you to use the pronouns of trans people, the pronouns that the people said that they wanted to be called. And he had a problem with that. Now, he made it clear that he didn't have a problem with using those pronouns one-on-one with the person. He had a problem with there being a law requiring him to do it. And it's basically what we see happening here. Um, This student or these students decided they didn't want to call this other student they, them, which is stupid. They, them, if you're teaching somebody English, is plural, period. But the student says, call me they, them, because I'm what? Non-binary, fluid, non-gender, whatever. I mean, uh, conforming. So... The student decides in middle school, and I was in middle school, I was 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. I think that I was 12, 13, 14, 11, 12, 13, something like that. So you've got people who are basically starting to go through puberty that are already claiming to be the opposite gender, and they're being for, they're forcing their beliefs on somebody else and making them say things or else there will be the wrath of the government of the school the wrath of the administration, and this is a public school, and I'm sure it is, this is a school that is funded by taxpayers, so it's basically a government arm. The government arm is telling somebody in America, you have to call a singular person they, them, and if you don't, it's sexual harassment. Do I have it right, Carrie? You do. Okay. So, of course, this isn't sexual harassment. That's stupid. Um, Not even a little bit. But instead of just telling the person, listen, these kids have the right to use the pronouns they want to, if they're calling you a foul name, we can give them detention. They use the F word or something, give them detention. If they're calling you even a gay slur, we'll, we'll, you know, they'll be punished, maybe expelled, maybe suspended, maybe some sort of detention. But if they don't want to say they, them to a person who clearly is not a plural entity, then they don't have to. 
Just because it makes you feel better doesn't mean we change the language for you. And I really do blame the parents. Parents of children who are confused about what their body shows them they are, I think should sit them down and tell them, look, this is what you are through your chromosomes, your DNA, your genitalia. I understand and completely commiserate with you that you feel as though you're in the wrong body. Let's figure out why you feel that way. But to take the child's word for it and then tell the world my child is no longer a he or a she, the child is a them, and everybody, therefore, in the world that comes into contact with the person now must call them they, them, or else they're somehow in trouble with society, you can kiss my ass. Line right up, pick a cheek, pucker up, start smacking. That's just where I am with it. At the at the end of it, we either are going to have a language that means something or we're not. Kerry, what are languages like French and Spanish doing with this situation? Because every word mm-hmm. is, every noun is either is masculine feminine? or feminine uh, in these languages. I know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. In French and Spanish and Italian, mm-hmm. you've got L or La. I mean, that's just what it is. And either it's feminine or it's masculine. Are they going to change it all to some third word that they aren't currently using? And instead of a boy cat being El Gato and a girl cat being La Gata, it's going to be just them, got, whatever? I mean, what do you do do with it? Because Uh at some point, we have to stop the language police or else we're going to lose language. We're not even, I won't know what it's how to be like, "Eh, eh," you know, you just make noises now. (laughs) I know, we're going to lose it. I mean, we use language for a living. Are we supposed to say, hey, before I say this, is this guy cool with me saying he or not? Do we check with him first? The whole thing's just stupid. So I want your thoughts on this. Here's a school funded by taxpayers that's an arm of the government. Therefore, they can't restrict your First Amendment, not when you're not doing something out of line. Again, the kid can't stand up and yell the F word in class. I get that. But if you're just saying they, or you, you refuse to say they, them, and you're saying you're calling this boy a he or a, or a him or calling this girl a she or a her, are you really in line for trouble? And you're going to be accused of sexual harassment. And again, what happens is, and I talked about this last hour with the stupid, well, the first hour, the stupid bald-headed sexual harassment thing. If you're going to call that sexual harassment, that means that real sexual harassment will not be noted anymore. Hmm. If everything's sexual harassment, then nothing is. And now you water down the real act of somebody grabbing a body part or saying, I want to do these things to you. That changes everything. I mean, it is. How do you report that? What is the person you're reporting to? What's the counselor going to say? Oh, did they not call you they, them? Or is the counselor going to say, oh, did they grab your private part? I mean, we're actually making it, you're making people who are really sexually harassed not want to say they are. I don't know what you do with that. Other than, say, pass the potatoes. I'm not saying they, them. No, again, if I've got a friend who is asking that I say she when it's a he, if I want them to remain my friend, I'm going to do that. But the government is not allowed to tell me that I have to. Not in this country. 888-941-PAGS. 888-941-7247. Or go to the website, joepags.com. J-O-E-P-A-G-S dot C-O-M. Sign up for any social media that you're on. Make sure you go and click that right now. We're building uh, some really, really great following. TikTok is 105,000, 106,000 now, although they keep banning me every other day. Um, go to Twitter. We built that up to over 120,000 now. Uh, go to Facebook, uh, 370,000. They actually did send out the pictures from Mar-a-Lago. A lot of people saw them. Now, they're not sending out anything else that I post, but they sent those out, which I found to be interesting. Go to the website right now. We're back after this. Stay here. This is the Joe Pegg Show. 
Uh, great to have you. About 12 or 13 minutes away from Martha Byrne. Her husband, Mike McMahon, is in trouble with the FBI, and they don't know why. It's very interesting. The story is really, really something. you got to make sure that you, you listen in at the bottom of the hour and, and hear where it's going. But it sounds very similar to the Department of Justice being out of control, like it's been for a while, pinpointing and, and targeting somebody, and then somebody still doesn't know. I'm like, well, you get to, to face your accuser. You get to question the people accusing you. What is it they're, they're saying he did? And some FARA violation, which is the, uh, the, the, the system in which you... Uh, you deal with a foreign entity and you don't report it somehow. And she says that wasn't the case at all. She wasn't working for China, but for some reason, there's some sort of odd connection the FBI is making. Make sure you stick around for that. Very, very interesting. Let me go to the phone lines in the meantime. I appreciate you taking the time. It's going to be Mike in San Antonio. Mike, what's going on? Hi. Hey, Joe. How you doing? Living the dream, man. Talk to me. The, uh, good. The, the thing that drives me crazy about this pronouns is you, know, you and I are talking about someone else. That person's not in the conversation. Right. We, right? So I have to talk to you about Polo using his preferred pronouns, and he's, he's not listening. He's not in the conversation. It makes no sense. It's narcissistic to the extreme. Well, I agree with you. It, it is narcissistic, and it's also something where they're pushing acceptance of something we might not want to accept. Um, there is, I mean, it's not just me talking to somebody else about a third party with a third party not listening. Um, it could be me saying I'm sick of her stuff to the teacher in front of that person. And she says, you've got to call me them or they. And that's where it gets all very strange. But I agree with your premise. It is extremely narcissistic. It is the one individual, which is a rare individual. Again, trans stuff is still very rare. Although I believe people are raising people to think, well, you can be any gender you want, which we shouldn't be telling people. We should say, you're male, you're XY, you're female, you're XX. Here's what that means. And puberty comes, bop a But in that situation, that is the third party, the person being talked about, being extremely narcissistic. You must do what makes me feel good. And if you don't, you're in trouble. And now you're victimizing people for using proper English, English, which is dumb. Let me go back at it. Let me say hello to um, Roz in Ohio. Hi, Roz. Hi. Hey, Joe. I have, uh, at my age, I really have not had it with this watered-down definitions of sexual harassment. I know what sexual harassment is. It's when my landlord told me I didn't have to pay rent if I entertained him once a week. Wow. With sexual harassment. Definitely. Now, at my current age, if I'm sexually harassed, you know what I say? Thanks. <laughs> okay, Ross, thank you. <laughs> Ross looking to get sexual harassed today, Carrie. There you go. Okay. All right. God bless her, Ross. We appreciate you calling in from Ohio. Yeah. Uh, let me go back at it. Say hello to um, line one's going to be Lee in San Antonio. Lee, what's going on? Hi. Hey Lee, how you doing? I mean, oh, I'm sorry. I'll be Joe. You uh, be Lee today. Long time, li- long time listener, first time caller. Thank I you, gotta, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the debt forgiveness for the college students. Sure. And what I want to happen is, if they want to have their debt forgiven, they should put 80 hours of community service for every grant they want to pay. You know, pulling weeds picking up, cleaning up after homeless and stuff like that. You know, they shouldn't be giving free stuff. One thousand percent, Lee, I agree with you. I don't know there should be 80 hours for every thousand. That, that's a whole lot. But I will say this. 
if you want some sort of debt forgiveness, if you want some sort of the ability to get a free check from the government when there's some stimulus going on, there should be some work that goes along with that. Parks can be cleaned up. Graffiti can be washed off. You can go in uh, and you can tutor somebody in school. I think you should do something to give back to society. Sitting back and getting a free ride. Hey, all your college debt's gone. How does that incentivize anybody to do anything? How? It doesn't. Uh, you're telling somebody, hey, if you sit at home and don't go back to work, we'll send you 600 bucks or 1200 bucks just because we can, and you're disincentivizing somebody from getting up and doing something that's positive for themselves or for the community. You want something? You're asking for something? What are you willing to give in return? It's, it's normal capitalism. You give me this, I give you that. What's the problem? And and we're we're now we're making it socialist because we're saying don't worry about it. you don't have to work you don't have to do anything just do what we say the people who gave you the money. Well, what does that mean? Well, vote for me, keep me in power, keep me in office. Agree that nobody should drive fossil fueled cars anymore. Agree that we should all have the same exact wealth. That that's the direct line to socialism. You want to have your your college debt free or your college debt taken care of? Pay it down by doing something for the community. What's wrong with that? You're the one that took the loan out. I didn't. Let me go back at it. Let me say hello and welcome to uh, Mark in Michigan. Hi, Mark. JP, here's what we're doing to get rid of the they, them, and all the craziness. I'm over on the west side of the state in the biggest county, and we've got a whole slate of uh, people that are running for office, not only locally, but they're running in their, their school boards. They're, they're running as delegates. We're taking back our peop- our government, and we're going to get it Back to the Constitution and back to what makes our country the best country on planet Earth. I hope so. I mean, you guys elected, uh, and, and I'm sure you didn't, Mark, but you guys elected uh, Gretchen Whitmer. You've got to make sure that you avoid something like that again. She's been an absolute mess. And even though the legislature is Republican, they're very weak Republican, and they let her run roughshod over you guys. Hopefully something better will happen in the next election. Let me go back at it. going to be line three and Ray in Kentucky. About a minute, Ray. Come on. Uh, quickly, quickly. Joe, nice to talk to you. Finally. Thank you. Uh, listen, um, if, um, if if we get rid of Joe on a Section 25, right, and then Kamala comes on yeah. and she's completely incompetent, so we impeach her. Then we got uh, Pelosi, right? Yes. So now uh, election comes along and we uh, hopefully we, we, we get the, uh, some Republicans in there. Now we got uh, a Republican president via Pelosi's exit, and now we're in charge again. What do you think? Uh, Ray, I don't think so, but I, but I appreciate you. If um, the 25th Amendment were used against Joe Biden, which it should be, then Kamala Harris would take over, and if Kamala Harris were impeached, Kamala Harris would already bring in a vice president. It wouldn't necessarily be Pelosi. It wouldn't be Joe's gone, Kamala's gone, Pelosi gets it, which is the line of succession. It is. But it would not be because Kamala Harris would have a different vice president who would not be Nancy Pelosi. Um, I, I would like to see the 25th Amendment used. I think it would be appropriate. And then you could actually have an argument with Kamala Harris because she's not you know, filled with dementia. But at the end of the day, you've got to change over Congress this coming November or else none of it really matters. 888-941-PAGS. JoePags.com. When we come back, it's going to be um, Martha Byrne. Quite the story. Keep it here. This is the Joe Pags Show.
Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this young lady on. And I believe that I watched you a bit after the show that we were watching every day, Days of Our Lives, uh, As the World Turns, right? It's Martha Byrne. How are you? I'm, I'm okay. How are you? Yes, As the World Turns. I was on that show for many years, starting at the age of 15. The, it, for a long time. Was the movie Soap at all like soap operas are? I mean, were there times where you just had to read it cold off the prompter or were these things very well prepared? Did you ever do it live like we saw mm-hmm. in that movie? No, we never did it live. No prompter. We all had it all up here. That's why in my mind, I have a photographic memory. I nice. had hundreds of pages of dialogue every day. No, no, no. But it was it was a lot of fun to watch that movie because there were a lot of similarities. Sure. Very, very, very funny to watch that. Um, it, not very funny what we're talking about. And hopefully you'll come back and we'll do some lighter topics eventually. There's a story with your husband and with you. You're fighting as hard as you can for him that I wasn't familiar with. And, and I told you this before we started. I pride myself on knowing a lot about a lot. If I don't know a lot about a lot, somebody will call and make me look like a fool on my own show. So I try to know as much as I can about as much as I can. Your husband, um, who we're not as familiar with, he wasn't on a soap opera, was an NYPD guy. And, uh, yeah. and, and when he got injured on the job, is that why he stopped doing that? Yeah, so he started out on the NYPD. He took the P- NYPD test when he was 16 years old and went up the ranks and became a sergeant and a detective and worked in street crime, won 75 accommodations, including the combat cross for, for bravery and for a shooting that he was involved in. And then he was a police chase which was a career-ending injury where he hit a telephone pole 50 miles an hour. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, so it, it ended his, his NYPD career. He was devastated and then became a private investigator and started his own company then in 2005 or six. And uh, so that's kind of where we lead us to our next chapter of our story is he was became one of the most sought after private detectives in the country. And I say that I can say it with pride working for some of the top defense attorneys in the country, right. working on these amazing cases. Uh, and in 2020, at October 28th, the, sorry, um, the FBI came to our door at six o'clock in the morning, uh, swarmed our house and arrested my husband in front of my children um, for a case, a very case that he had worked on for a few days in 2016 and a few days in April of 2017. Very normal, one of the hundreds of cases he worked on. Very common kind of case. Background checks, a couple of days of surveillance. And he was arrested for working for the uh, as an agent for the Chinese Communist Party, which was absolutely ridiculous. And we've been fighting it ever since. Well, I want to stop you there. A stunning story. I want to reel it back just a little bit just to talk about who your husband is. Uh, his name is Mike McMahon. And yeah. um, and he was uh, on the NYPD, and he was on the NYPD. This is very important. When Rudy Giuliani was the mayor, right? Because he he helped clean up that city. That city yeah. was in a shambles. It was a crime sorted, sex ridden city. That yeah. that Rudy Giuliani came in and said, "I'm going to clean this up." I mean, it was so bad that this very blue city elected a red. Um, mayor in Rudy Giuliani, who's a very good friend of mine. So your husband worked under him, not directly, but you know certainly helped to do what it was we saw was the end result, which was a really hard job, very yeah. well done by the police, by the mayor's office, and so on. It's gotten worse since, but um, yeah. but at that in that era, without your husband and people like him, that city doesn't survive and turn into the thriving city that it did again. So I'm I'm, get, I'm getting from you your sense of pride about what he did in the city. And it's Absolutely. a it's a darn shame that he that he you know he couldn't continue because of the accident, right? Well, he was devastated. I mean, he was heartbroken when his career ended. And you know, just so you're talking about when street crime was the elite. You know, if you were a part of the street crime unit, you were handpicked. You were the top of the game in the NYPD. So for him to be picked and chosen and hand chosen to be part of these, you know, bringing down crime in New York in the early '90s 
was incredibly powerful, as you said, that the city completely changed, yeah. right? Uh, I just want to say this, because you, you could probably see the feed that I'm sending you back. You are freezing video-wise, but we hear you perfectly yeah. fine. It sounds perfect. Right. Okay, sorry about that. No, 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 know it, no it's, it's perfectly fine. All right, so he's in the elite, and, and he can't continue because of the accident. Now, here's a good guy with a great record who helped clean up the, you know, the, the biggest city in the country, decides to go on his own privately, and now let's get to who he's working for or what he's doing, where it somehow involves Chinese nationals. D- does well, he does he know going in that they were from China? No. So this was a translation company out of Queens, New York. He was paid through a business bank check of an American bank, just someone looking for some background checks and asset searches. And the story that he was told was that the money was taken from a construction company and they were trying to find the assets. Very common case. Sure. For a private investigator to do, he located the assets. He located the whatever was asked of him, and then a few months later, he did some a few days of surveillance, in, and um, that was it. He located. Lo- he told the local police department where he was doing surveillance. He go and make the model of the car that he was armed. Like he notified the law enforcement five times on this case um, about what he was doing because that's what he does. Because he's the guy that crosses every T and dots every I, and he's incredibly. Uh, gifted investigator, and then he forgot, that was it. He moved on with his life, and he, next thing you know, your life is completely turned upside down, and it's you're fighting for something that you're like, this is absurd that this even happened. I don't understand to this day why no one came to him in 2017. You have to understand something. Mike was a federally approved private investigator for the federal government. He had gone through all the he had gone through all the background checks and security clearances. So he's working on other federal cases like high profile federal cases. Right. At the same time he's being investigated for a case that this case which makes no sense. So we don't understand why no one came to him in 2017 and didn't bring him on to help. He would have been an asset for this case, not a uh, a criminal by any means. It's Martha Byrne. Of course, she's an actress, philanthropist. She's working hard to, to clear her husband's name. He was charged with a FARA violation, which is some sort of a foreign agent acting, you know, um, where if you can do what he did, but allegedly he didn't report or register with our federal government that he was going to do what he did or what they're alleging that he did. Did he act in any way for the, the country of China? Or again, no, was it just some background no. checks for some people? No. No, he did not work for the for the. No. Well, then, well, then how is well then how is he charged with this? It doesn't make any sense. It's just dumb. It doesn't make sense, and that's the whole point. Is that you? First of all, he should have a commercial exemption under FARA. He's the yes. first and only private investigator to ever be charged with FARA. There have been other cases that you've seen on the news now, maybe recently, that there's other PIs who have not been charged, and my husband's the only one that has been arrested for this 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 for FARA. First of all, you cannot register that you're working for a foreign government if the people that have hired you, the clients have hired you, have not, you know, they're not showing you a card saying they're working for the CCP, obviously. Right. Right. I mean, that would be a very good person, you know, trying to cover something and lying to you. So there was no indication that this was anything other than normal, uh, like I said, typical work for him. So how can you register, fail to register for something that you're not aware of? 
that you need to because the person who's hiring you is not telling you who they really are. Right. No, no, exactly. Well, you can't, obviously. Foreign Agents Registration Act is what it stands for. And again, this would mean that he's acting as an agent for a foreign company or for a foreign country, which he wasn't. So he doesn't know it going in. They show up at 6 a.m., which is this big show of force that the FBI has lately been doing for no reason. Um, and they take him in, and it should be as simple as him saying, well, no, I didn't work for any foreign country. I was not a foreign agent. What are you talking about? So why is he in jail until, until he gets bail of $500,000? I don't understand why this thing continued. It should have been that easy. It, it, should have, it, it, should have, it never should have happened in the first place, yeah. first of all. This is four years investigating, and he was available to them at any given time. He's a half an hour from the city, from Manhattan. Right. He's working on other federal cases. He's probably in the same buildings doing cases for the federal government and working, and they're not bringing him to talk to him. It's 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 it, it makes you scratch your head as to why this is happening to him. Um, we he was we've been open to coming in and talking to them. We gave them all of our evidence. We did a forty-page proffer before his indictment of right. PowerPoint presentation before his proffer and he was still indicted and that was mountains of evidence that he was innocent and they still indicted him we are one phone call away he was willing and always been since day one i mean the day he was brought in in his interrogation he spoke freely for almost two hours to help to see like what is this about what can i do to help i don't you know and it it he's never been anything but available um and we just get ignored you know it's it, it's it's gone on so long yeah we're scratching our heads. We have a lot of questions, but he's fighting this to the end. He's never, ever going to take a plea deal. He did nothing wrong. All the work that he did, that he's been charged as a crime, was legal as a licensed private investigator. Why are we here? Right. No, And, and they're not giving you the answers. Go to pipehitterfoundation.org. Pipehitterfoundation.org. The entire story is there. Find out more about this. So uh, in your heart of hearts, it's a year and a half later, and you're still struggling with this. Why do you yeah. think they did this? Does the does the FBI get a tip from somebody saying, hey, Mike McMahon's doing bad stuff and he hasn't registered? Well, I, I can't understand why they would surveil him just to surveil him. Was well, this was this a tip? Do you know why we're here? Um, I don't. I mean, it's it's it, look, the, the, the bottom line is Mike, Mike contacted the local police department when he was doing surveillance in yeah. 2017. So how long has this been going on? Who signed off on this? Who decided that this man, this hero, was a criminal and and not a hero. What? Who? How far up the ladder did it go to say, right. "Oh yeah, this guy. This guy's going to work for a few thousand dollars. He's going to sacrifice his family, his business, his reputation, his integrity to work for the CCP." No, 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 it makes no sense. It doesn't make any, uh, unless they can show a trail where you guys were handed $50 million and still that wouldn't be enough for me. So I'm not really sure what it is that they're alleging. So let me ask you this. I know that you, I know that you guys are Catholic. Um, I, I, I know that, that you're not afraid to say on your Twitter page how you feel about issues. Do you think you were targeted? Is that what's going on here? No, no, I think, I don't know. Look, I can't, I have, I don't have ESP and I'm one that works on truth and facts and right. that's, that's it. So what I do is I follow the facts. I follow the leads and I never give up. I am by his side every step of this way. And I will not give up until I get answers as to why this happened in the first place. Yeah. Who's responsible for this? This is wrong. He is, he is a guy that we need to be embracing, raising up, Putting up, these are the guys that are the heroes who would die for us every single day and almost have have on many, many occasions. And the fact that someone could sit at a table and say, this guy, let's let's keep him in this case and not bring him in is inexcusable to me. 
And we don't have an answer to why. Right. Because here's the thing. If he is such a great investigator that he can work on high-profile cases for the government on other occasions, but this one he's not, there's something missing here in this story. And we have to find out what it is. And in the meantime, we fight and we're not giving up and the pressure will not get to us because I believe, and I am a faithful person, yes. and I do believe, here's the thing, people say things happen for a reason. You know, sometimes you have to make sure there's a reason that this happened. You have to make sure that there, this has not just happened for, for no reason, that we have to help other people. We have to help people who are falsely accused. My husband has worked his entire career helping people. We have to help others now. So we're like, when this is done and he's exonerated and we walk away from this, we have to make sure we help other people never happen to, again. And how we do that, we have a lot of ideas in the future. And that's yeah. what keeps us going. And we are faithful people and we pray every single day. I have my rosary beads right here in my Good. hand because the Blessed Mother has been incredibly gui a guidance for both of us. And, and we never give up. And uh, we have to believe we have a purpose here. And uh, we're going to suffer through it for now, but we're going to make it. We're going to make it. It's Martha Byrne. She is a, a several times over a ca um, um, Emmy Award winning actress and also a philanthropist. Her husband, Mike McMahon, uh, I, sounds to me, is being unfairly and unjustly accused of something he didn't do. In this country, Martha, you know, we, we have the ability to face our accuser. Who's accusing him? The FBI is. But your lawyers and Mike and you get, and your family, you get to see what the evidence is. What is yes. it that they're showing you that suggests he did something wrong? We've never seen anything to this day that proves anything other than what we're saying. Right. Okay. Makes no we've sense. Thousands and thousands of pages of, of discovery, thousands. And we, it's still the same because Mike handed over every single piece of evidence that we have. He's handed over everything freely for this case. And that's all there is. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's it. So, you know, Breon Peace, who's the head of the Eastern District of New York, who just came in in the fall. We want to get an audience with him. We want to sit down with him and show him our, what we, what we have. And we're hoping that to happen very soon. So that's our you know, next step of this. Yeah. But yeah, no, there is no, there is nothing because we have everything. Mike saved every text message, every email, every invoice, every check. He saved everything. So the day he came home from, from the arrest, what do you do? You take out your files, you put a timeline together. I said, I feel like I'm on an episode of Homeland. Right. I have, you know, you know, I'm trying to figure out like what, what, what happened here? Like, where did it? Where are they getting this from? Because we there was nothing there. So it's a year and a half later, and there's still nothing to 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 do what they're doing to is, him. Is and he able to work and provide for the family during this time, or did they take his license away? He took his private and uh, his PI license has been suspended. His business, of course, you know, there's press. The press was awful. Yeah. It was it was false, and it was it was a misleading complaint filled filled with errors that was just copy and pasted to the press. And people believe that. And you know how how is he how can he go out right now? It's 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 absolutely unforgivable what has happened. And no, I mean this this his his entire career in in two minutes at our front door, all the hard work that he did and all his dedication was just ripped out from him. And it's it's unforgivable because the guy you know look here's the bottom line: when guys like this are off the street and not able to help others, who suffers? Well, we Who do. Suffered? Yeah, the, the people do. But with, without a doubt, it's, it's Martha Byrne. Go to pipehitterfoundation.com, pipehitterfoundation.org, uh, .org, right. Um, go there right now. Find out more about the story. Her, her husband is Mike McMahon. The guy sounds like a hero to me. I don't know him, and I just met you. But if the story is as you say it is, and I trust that it is, uh, they don't have anything. And the fact is, you said that he's not going to take a deal. Sounds like they want to just take a deal and get rid of this because they probably can't back up what it is they're accusing him of. So I've got less than a minute left, Martha, if you can, wrap it up for me 
Brittany, where are we now? When's the next court date? And when do you find something more out? Well, we have a court, you know, status hearing in June, and then our court has been set for the trial for June, uh, January of 2023. So, you know, we have a lot of work to do, but it should we, we really want this to be over with and really move on. I mean, I think this, uh, at some point we really want someone like a Brian Peace to look at this case and yes. go, why did happen in the first place please this guy is a hero and we need to again we need to raise our heroes up and not bring them down we need guys like this on we need these guys out there doing doing good to help others and let's let's uh move on with our lives and learn from this and hopefully it will never happen to another pi another u.s citizen again uh who has done nothing but give back to to this country PipeHitterFoundation.org. Go there. Find out more about this story. Read up on Mike McMahon. Uh, I pray that that you get a just um, um, a solution here. It doesn't make any sense to me, but again, over the past few years, we've seen the FBI do this, you know, knock at 6 o'clock in the morning and just barge in on a lot of different people that ended up not being charged with anything. I hope that you get right. the same sort of result, but they never should have put you in this position. I can't even imagine being that close to New York City and being famous like you are, what the press in New York City must be doing with this. Martha, come back, give us updates, and, and let me know what's going on with this, would you? I will. Thank you so much for having me and giving me so much time. Mike really appreciates it. My kids, my kids really appreciate that. They said, mom, go out and you defend dad and you just have to do this because he's a hero. So I will never stop until it's, this is, this right. As this is wrong has been corrected. Well, you know, we're going to keep on pulling for you and I'm going to stay in contact. I appreciate you. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pegg show. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. We appreciate Martha coming on, telling that story that I had no idea about. And again, I pride myself in knowing something about something, but that's harrowing, and we'll certainly keep an eye on that. We'll stay in contact with her. Let's do some pop culture. Pop. Dirty pop. All right, Polo, what's happening, dude? So, I don't know if you're familiar with actor Fred Ward. He had uh, passed away today, but I know him from movies like Tremors, The Right Stuff. Uh, that 80s movie, uh, Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. I don't know if you remember that one. I actually kind of like that Wasn't one. Wasn't he? Well, I thought he was a comedian, Fred Ward. No. No, you think that's a, that's Fred Willard, I think is when you Oh, okay, okay, okay. And I'll yeah. look him up. I didn't know that he passed away. Yeah, he was 79. They haven't said what the cause was, but um, unfortunately he passed away today. All right, brother. I appreciate you. Sorry to hear about that. That's Sam. That's Polo. That's Carrie. I'm Joe. We'll see you back here Monday. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.